to the nightclub, where we are the ones who get brutally murdered on haunted swamp tours. And I'm this mindless mosquito buzzing around some belligerent swamp in Louisiana named Travis Maxwell Boone. And I'm joined by my co-host. Your boy, Kaboy, Ricky Prejean. And tonight we have a very special guest, a badass motherfucker named... Oh, Jarek Thibodeau. Oh, Jarek Thibodeau is here. Holy J-Tib. fucking shit. <sighs> J-Tib. This shit. is a guest that we are so fucking thrilled to have on the show. Um, hunted down by our own boy, Kaboy, uh, successfully. Hunted down and caught. Captured. I got caught. Yeah, I didn't, think, I didn't think I was that easy, but... Uh... I gave him pretty, gave him pretty quick. <laughs> Jarek is a musician and a creator here in Louisiana. We are creators in Louisiana. So we're being creative together in Louisiana, all three of us. And we're on tonight and we're going to talk about a lot of fucking awesome shit. This is another Ricky episode, sort of. Uh, he, I'd say kinda, it's a collab. It's a collab, but it's I mean, you, con- you conjured this thing, man. And I can't thank you enough because I've been listening to Golgotha and I've been listening to Father Rust. I'm like in the Redwood over here. Hey, man, that song. Damn. Oh, thank you. I had, you know, it's been so long since I've even played that. I had to really think about what that song, what you meant for a second. Nice. Well, I've been diving in. And so tonight, that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk some music. We're going to talk some metal recommends because we've got a segment of ricky's ripping riffs we're also going to talk some of jarek's other creative avenues including a youtube series called bayou to ties as well as a few louisiana cryptids and finally capping the night off a midnight ritual of hatchet directed by adam green yeah, so boy. we've got jarek thibodeau on ricky please introduce us to jerry thibodeau where did you first hear Golgothan or how did you first hear Golgothan? What's going on? What's Golgothan besides <clears throat> a fucking shit demon from Dogma? <laughs> <laughs> Golgothan is, um, as they explain, a, a uh, ho- horror-themed death metal from Lafayette. Goddamn, I'm butchering this. Um, no, man. There's no butchering. The butchering happens later. Right, This is right, a fucking totally. death metal band from Lafayette, Louisiana. Yeah. Golgothan! Um, um they're a fucking ripping death metal band from lafayette louisiana and we happen to have the bassist extraordinaire and vocalist extraordinaire as well Jared thibodeau so grateful for you being here with us um even though you're not here with us thanks i know we took you away from joe bob uh so thank you for that (laughs) we're all away from joe bob tonight yeah to date to date this um right tonight is the uh i put a spell on you with joe bob shutter exclusive last drive-in special and jarek decided to skip out on it too you're a joe bob fan right you love the horror oh i do i uh i was watching it for sure i was oh, i started it before uh i saw what the first movie was i mean it's not even a spoiler anymore because <laughs> it'll be out but it's Tammy the t-rex which i had seen so I've never seen it, so I'm super excited. I'll just go back and watch it later. A lot of people online are predicting that the second film is going to be The Love Witch, right? Yes. Okay, now that you say that, it makes sense because I think the director is – she's actually a special guest tonight. Yeah. That makes sense. 
That's mm-hmm. fine. I can miss that movie. I've seen that too. I can't wait to see him talk about Bo- I, anything Joe Bob features on yeah, the show. I, I would like to just hear his rantings about each. Yeah. Right, right. Totally. I want to say um, I've been diving into a lot of your music and you got some videos out there on YouTube. What's the YouTube <laughs> channel for uh, Golgothan? Uh, I think it's just Golgothan Official. You can type in Golgothan, um, and if you can find the music videos will pop up. There'll be a couple of uh, videos of Dogma, right, right. But besides that, yeah, it's uh, it's either Baita Ties or um, some of the music videos, and it'll be Golgothan official though. It it should pop up. Right. Normally, I type Golgothan band. Uh, that'll it'll, it'll, yeah, that'll yeah. usually pop up too. Now we used to we have to uh, Jai has his own YouTube page as well. Um, some of his stuff because he uploaded the original stuff on it, and then we re-uploaded it all to the new uh, YouTube page. But either way, you'll find it. So and Jai, like, who are the other uh, members in the band? Uh, Jai is the vocalist and top main tier vocalist. dude. Yeah, incredible vocalist. What I mean, and I'm not being biased, but no, probably. he he, no, he has some of the gnarliest. Yeah, he's he's incredible. He has he some really of the is. gnarliest, nastiest. Uh, I vocals, think, in, man. especially in like I think a lot of uh, like deathcore X or right. slam bands have you know those top top tier vocalists that just go their range is fucking through the roof. You know, I was gonna uh, say except that. for like Travis Ryan. Or uh, Johnny Davy from Jopper a Cowboy, like those two guys in death metal, I think really have range, you know. Right, right. Besides that, like it's all like deathcore type of vocalist. Uh, but I think Jai is honestly one of those vocalists who has a. Sh- I mean, oh, I ended guy uh, Trevor from Black Dahlia. He has a bunch of range too. Yeah, he does. But yeah, like I think Jai, I yeah, I think Jai's vocals are great. Uh, we have our guitarist, our Jesse and John. Uh, our drummer, our newer drummer, Eddie, and I do bass and I do the backing vocals. What was the origin of Golgothan? Like, like when you guys got together, what year did you guys get together? We're all from Lafayette area, so. I think it was like 2000. Okay, because okay, it, uh, me and Jai used to be in another band together called This Horrible Machine. And uh, we were like a post, we were like a deathcore slash post metal thingy right and uh we had we had you know some stuff and then once that kind of died down uh we jai went and created golgotham like the first uh ep is mainly him or is it like was that gut wrench yes yes that's whenever gut wrench happened uh so that was mainly all jai i remember hearing like in prophecy for for the first time and i lost my mind and originally was going to start out as like a type of dying fetus project. It was going to be him on guitar and vocals, me on bass and vocals, and our drummer at the time, Alex, on drums. And we were just going to do that. And then Jai wrote way the, the riffs were too complicated for him to do. So he just did straight vocals and we got other guys to do guitars. Well, um, you need a vocalist out there, for, for especially like that intensity. I mean, if someone's out there, you know, killing it with an instrument cool right but i mean dude but i agree those those vocals are really intricate yeah you know yeah. what i mean that's I, that's I, why i went back to yeah he used to not to be you know toot his his horn or our band's horn but i just think he's really is an incredible vocalist absolutely so y'all started back in well 
and it would have been. I mean, I we did this whole machine even in like 2008. So I mean, yeah. But I think the gut wrench stuff happened around 2011. What, what year did you guys? And I'm talking about this horrible machine. What year did you guys open up for a uh, hate breeding Camara? Uh, <laughs> shit, that, yeah, the Grand Street. I saw you wow, at the Grand shit. Street dance hall, man. That's where Damn. I first saw you guys, and I, <laughs> I got the demo, and I got the shirt with like the bloodhound on it and stuff. Yeah, and I actually still had that shirt up until fucking 2016, man. I lost it wow. in the flood, unfortunately. Um, oh, that sucks. Didn't y'all have a song called Insect Politics on that demo? <laughs> Cool. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Like, that's some deep horror cuts right there, dude. That's deep. I have, yeah. a, I have a weird Jeff memory. You're, you're literally geeking me out because it's, <laughs> you're bringing back me. I wouldn't have even been able to think of that. But yeah. I have a weird memory. I can't remember anything I'm supposed to. That's how my <laughs> memory works. I just remember every fucking thing else. Yeah, so. that was <laughs> 2009. I think that happened. That's that feels that I don't know. Yeah, you know what? That 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 does make sense. Okay, okay, yeah, the perspective's there. Um, because I was with my wife at that time and I was trying to place it in a timeline. Okay. But, but Ricky just just deep cutted you. That's I'm sorry, club where you get Damn, deep cut. <laughs> I got deep cutted. Jesus. But yeah, I started off with that and then uh so he created that and you know, we were all part of it and then it formed over the years just uh we always knew we wanted to dress up do costumes things like that we always think that's fun in a uh in a band totally. we love behemoth we love you know yeah, man fucking guar uh, yeah guar's Gwar. fun i don't listen to him too too much i appreciate him i think they're right. fucking incredible that's for sure dude live <laughs> yeah. live Ricky, dude Ricky yeah live yeah for sure like exactly. At the, exactly at the grand street dance hall at the grand street yeah. man Yes, Back yes. when Odorous was still around, man. Uh-huh. R.I.P. Yeah, dude, I know exactly Odorous. what you're talking about. Um, but yeah, so it started off with like the, that intention. Like uh, we want to wear costumes because like a thing for us is like, I mean, we try to portray it through the music as well. That's why we try to call it like a B-horror death metal band. <laughs> uh, we just try to, it's like theatrics to it. Kind of a uh, metalocalypse, if you will kind of right, does right. you know you can feel a sense oh, of yeah. like theatrics to it you know um but i mean it's still the music is taken seriously everything is taken seriously about it just you know it's if you can't poke fun at yourself then what do you you know what do no you doubt. do which i guess kind of ties into the movie as well tonight yeah totally. oh fuck yeah yeah you know definitely that's why i, I love that. this movie i was glad uh y'all asked me about it because it's it, like i said it's golgoth and it's uh it's we're very satirical it's very, it's a very fitting pick for yeah. the. Uh... Yeah, we're very satirical. We know we are, but I mean that's what's fun about it. It's uh, we like we take it seriously still, and it's still all the music is as tight as we can make it. Uh, Dude, you guys are so band. technical, man. That, that's that's Jesse and John, man. Those dudes write it. Fucking yeah, but, enjoy, but you, enjoy for that matter. But you too, man. That fucking playthrough, and I first saw it. Um, because I was reading Metal Injection at the time, and they actually <laughs> they actually premiered with my that dog. Little, yeah, yeah, with Travis, man. I was yeah. just like, this this is the best, awesome yeah, pug. Was, uh, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's laying right here. Actually, he might bark every now and then. So if y'all hear it, it's him. That's, That's the pug. Uh, uh, he, but uh, yeah, no, it's we, we've always wanted to dress up, have a good time. 
like I said, it's, I mean, it, w- with what we try to convey, it's, it is satirical in a way, but we have fun. Like, that's the main thing we try to convey is like, we like evil dead or hatchet. Like we love this, you know, uh, we, we love this genre. We love death metal. We love all the stuff in it, but we know how to have fun at the same time. We know how to, uh, with the costumes, we want to bring a, if you're seeing us live, we want to bring a theatrics to the stage. Like we want it to be a, as much of an experience as we can, you know, even in shitty start circumstances, you know, you see us at a bar where we can't do too much, but Hey, you're getting us in costume more than nothing, you know, and we try to, that's, we dude, try to do a little bit best. more every, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's in, in a tight room and we just try to bring it. We try to and make you do. it a live Y'all show. Do, bro. Uh, appreciate that. Yeah, and that's the whole. That was the whole goal from the get go. Honestly, with the costumes, was like we just wanted to bring a little oomph to it live and give a little bit extra. You know, like uh, have fun with it. And the the inspiration for the costumes, like y'all sit down and talk about this. I'm sure. Sometimes over uh, over time, we have we try to fit in together. We try not to like. be just all over the place and trying to fit in. The it would same be theme. it would be hilarious if one of you was just like, "I'm going to be a party clown." Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, we definitely try to stick to the same theme, uh, right? And we try not to go too uh, black metalish because, right, right. You know, we know we understand we aren't, so we try to just have a little theme or a costume. I mean, it definitely plays with black metal. Like, I think our our new costumes are going to be very uh, swamp-themed. All of them are going to be very just swamp. Oh, shit. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Nice little – another nice little tie-in. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking um, A. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I love the fact that you guys' costumes, like you said, they fit They fit in together, but they there's still so much character about it's, them. Right. Yeah, and we you try know? to do that. Yeah, we uh, – I don't think we think about it too too hard, but I mean, we all I think have an idea in our head what we like our character to look like or be, and it just you know, some of them take it further than others, but they all stick out, and I think their own individual ways. Definitely, definitely. Oh yeah. I first talked to Jai, and you guys. I don't think you opened this show, but it was at um. Oh, I want to call everything the station. It was the district, and uh. I think it was Goat Whore who headlined. Yeah, yeah, that was a. Uh, it was a Halloween was our... night, actually. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I think it was a Halloween night because Travis was actually having a Halloween party at his house, and I was like, I gotta go watch Goat Whore, man. <laughs> like, uh, damn, you, you, guys... you skipped out on your party, Um, dude, it's totally fine. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't he want knows... him there anyway. He he yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would have just stunk I would have just stunk the place up anyway. No, but, uh, he missed a banging ass party, but you know what? I'm sure he went to a fucking rocking ass show. Totally, yes. And I got to talk to Jai for a while. We actually talked a good bit outside and uh I was like, you know, I had heard I had heard Golgothan before, but that's when I really was like, Let me let me dive in and see what these guys are about and um super glad I did, man. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. No fucking a dude. Like it's been really cool. Like it's crazy where this journey takes you. And we were talking about this before we even started tonight, but, uh, the journey of the show, this show itself, it's, I'm, I'm so like, I feel, I feel, and this is a weird word to use, I guess, but blessed to have talked to like a director of a great movie 
and now a, a, a great musician in a great band and a, a, who is also of the same, you know, same ilk in a way. I mean, right. we're both ants. Yeah. And Ricky found you because of his love of metal. I just got into metal hardcore over the last few years. It's all like tying in, man. It's crazy. It, it's crazy from a perspective of like, uh, I don't know, man, you're watching things unfold and, and, and finding your way through life and you find the things you like. And then when you start getting tied into the things you like and meeting other fun, creative people, I don't know, man, this is, this is wild to me. This is why I love and wanted to do this show. And, 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 uh, we make jokes on the show all the time about people never email in and stuff. Right, and right. we have, we have listeners, which is the weird part. <laughs> we have, we have, I, I see the download numbers. Like I know they're there. And they're they all never, bots. They're all they're, cosmic bots. If they're all bots, then Jesus Christ, that's, that's <laughs> a decent number of bots focusing on one niche horror podcast. But right. I don't know, man, long, long way around this whole like semi mystical trip I'm having while I'm also recording this show is, Thanks for being on and being like a fun, creative person to talk to. And, and I know I appreciate it, guys. It's it, it's it's cool to meet people that are like minded, man. Um, Definitely, absolutely. I, it's, I wanted it's to ask of, about. It's kind of my favorite thing about doing this is just the people that I've started reaching out to and talking to since I started since we started doing it. Oh, know, dude, like through talking, Instagram, talking yeah. to other podcasters, and you know, like like I was just like, hey, I. I follow Jarek on Instagram. I wonder if he would, you know, talk to me, you know, just like, let me just, you know, start reaching out to people and see what's going on. And look at this. We and, fucking nabbed him. He's, he's caught. Us. We said I it. Caught he's caught pretty easy. In, in a cosmic bear trap. Um, uh, I wanted to ask about. Father I just Russ. gave in so easy. I didn't even, <laughs> I, there was no, there was no even temptation. I you just, didn't even, you didn't, even I would have gotten all... killed so first in a slasher, like a hundred percent. They would have just been like, Hey, look at this fucking idiot. Right, hey, right. you want to come hang out? I'd be like, fuck. Yeah. I want to come hang out. Right. Right. <laughs> oh, you'd have been the I've... guy that got killed. Like in the beginning of the fucking movie, <laughs> like, like not even the group that the movie focuses right, on. Right. Like, I'd have been, like... yeah, I'd have been the first 10 minutes, which is usually like the best part of the movie anyway. So, Hey, right. Right. That. I regret that I could not have you over. Um, yeah, totally. Cause, cause I had to go away for work, which uh, is no where problem. I'm at. Um, sitting in my car outside my hotel. Yeah, I noticed that. Crash. I was like, yeah. I wonder if your car's really warm or something. I didn't know what you were doing. No, yeah, the heater's on. Um, <laughs> uh, but but you know, there's always whenever. So yeah, um, there's always but, the next time, man. And I, that's I, right. We're probably jumping the gun, but I, we. Yeah, well, I, I don't want to be right, like that. Guy. I could tell you right now. We we pre- I'm sure I can speak for both of us. We'd love to have you on again sometime. You know, if you ever do totally. a scary episode, boy. Oh, totally, dude, totally, totally. It's totally, totally in the fucking works, dude. Now, that's, now, if that's what you're saying, yes, it is. I'm, totally, I'm, dude. Let's do it happen. this fucking year. I want to talk about Suspiria so much. Original. I love Suspiria. Fucking yes, original, yes, yeah. yes. I, I like the I like I love the remake too. But I, I love, love the, the remake as well. I love sure. the remake, but you know what, man. Being someone who is so visually stimulated by a good color palette, mm-hmm. oh, no matter crazy. how much I enjoyed it, I was just like, man, I want, I want those yep. goddamn Argento colors back, man. Yep. Fuck. Yep. They're you so, know? it's so unique compared to, so the original, oh, side tangent. Look at, us, and, look at us talking about We can't do this. Yeah, yeah, get back to we it. We can't okay. do yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Make it easy for you, Travis. I wanted to ask, I love this. This is why I want to do this shit, man. 
I don't have right. anyone else to talk to about this shit, and this is so cool. Um, that's why I got like kind of sentimental or whatever the fuck I did. Yeah, um, fuck me, I guess. What? No, no for I'm you, just you, I'm I'm just fucking with you, dude. Man. I'm I'm sorry, I'm derailing us. My bad. <laughs> no, Ricky fucking like jumped on this horror train, and he and he dived in so hard, and and I'm so happy that he did because I'm like, damn, my co-host really. My friend, but my co-host on the show took a big liking to this thing and made it more than just being on his buddy's show. Like he if really can fucking... hear snoring in the background also, that's Travis, by the way. Just That's the other Travis. That's the yeah, other Travis. The other right. Travis. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I can hear it even through my headphones, so I didn't know. Oh, I, I, my my loud-ass stupid voice is, is cutting through everything. <laughs> okay, so, uh, Ricky, what I are I know what you mean, Travis. Thank you. Okay, so I wanted to ask about Father Rust. Yes. This this is a side project to Golgothan. Um I'm not uh, as yes. astute as Ricky. Um yeah. so that started because uh so whenever we were in this old machine, like I said it was like post metal death gore, uh Jai started Gut Wrench or Golgothan, which was just the straight death metal of it. Um right. I missed playing post metal. Uh, which is I love that type of music. Um, bands like Isis and Cult of Luna, a spark, and, a spark in the Void. I don't know them actually, so I have to listen. Um, even post rock like Godspeed You Black Emperor, yes. Caspian stuff like that. If you yes. talk, all those type of stuff. So I miss playing stuff like that. And at the time, I was just playing bass. I mean, I can play guitar, which is what I do in that band. But I was playing bass at the time, and I missed playing that style of music, and nobody was playing it. So I just grabbed a guitar and started writing Father Rust, and I showed it to Jai. And it was originally going to be a uh, recording, just a studio project, and then it became a band. And Abandoned uh, Illusion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and now it's uh, three EPs in. Dude. But it's fun. It's, that's, that's kind of uh, – that was my – I just I, I missed playing post metal, so I just wanted to continue doing that, and I figured Father Russ was the only way. Understandable. I love the name. What's the name all about? It makes me think of some Tom Waits shit, like he uh, would be Father Russ. Oh, like that gravelly voice. It was think of Warhammer for some. And reason. that's hey, dude, I fucking love Warhammer. Do you? Forty K, oh. dude. I used to play Forty K all the time. Oh shit, dude. We gotta. I had an Eldar army. I had I have an Eldar army, and I have a uh, I think it's thirty k Emperor's Children army. Oh, dude, we gotta we gotta we gotta. I haven't chill. played in years though, but I, I, I've only played once. It's um, yeah, it's rough stuff. It, it's 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 so great. I, I'm, yeah, if, I'm more the guy who just buys the minis and then paints some of them and then puts them all on the shelf, and and then that's that's where they live forever yeah that was the bad thing about that it got expensive it's a very expensive hobby but uh but yeah, yeah father we... us it was just um it the name was one because it sounded good and Fuck yeah. uh but we're very a lot of the themes are post-apocalyptic uh so that's one of the ways kind of like machines taking over uh at the end of the day like a father you know like a rusted machine a steaming genius, if you will. <laughs> so it's 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 a lot of that. A lot of the songs are about end of the world or post apocalyptic situations and just 
And that's one reason I love post metal. It's just, I feel like it tells in the good bands, it kind of tells stories in the songs. Uh, it has its ebbs and flows, even the soft parts. It all makes sense. And it's very uh, score-like, if you will. That's what, also what I love about it. It's very like, you hear a lot of those bands doing, like Mogwai, for ex- uh, example, or... Um, Explosions the in the Sky. Explosions in the Sky, yes. Do like complete movie score soundtracks even 65 days of static did uh that that video game um no man's sky i love mm-hmm. stuff like that and and that's what that's what i love about post-rock and post-metal it's very uh score like it tells a story just through this, the vibe of the music this will destroy you yes yes that band dude god yeah. damn yeah fucking love it so fuck yeah man yeah but we wanted oh. vocals, and I like the heavier side of music, obviously. So we, you know, and that's where Father Us kind of started and became. to talk a little bit more about Golgothan dude rotting genitalia god damn dude <laughs> just the production fuck dude drink of my piss that fucking song man <laughs> god damn it man god, everything everything We're actually doing song. a music video for that song so. good oh my god dude the, the diversity on that one is so I don't I don't even know what to say. Like it it's just a very diverse sounding little EP, man. Like Thank you. like there's just like each song has its own much like much like you guys, each song has its own character to it, you know. Yeah. Um yeah. is that something that you you were really like actively striving more for, like to kind of diversify the sound or what? Uh no, but this was the first album as a whole or EP that was the first EP as a whole that had uh, a new drummer and John, our newer guitarist, he's been around for a while, but this is the first one he actually had, you know, a good bit of his own influence in there as well. So it, it, it became something different. I think it made us more solid as a whole, I guess, um, because I, I love both both new members i love everybody in that band i think we're a good fit now totally but uh yeah this album that ep really started uh melding everybody new and old all together because i mean you you guys body of work it's always been fucking great but like this one really just like ups it to a whole nother level in my opinion that whole ep bro just feeling the fuck out of it and I'm super excited for a video for Drink of My Piss because yeah, that, that's coming soon. That we fucking song. It. Oh my god, that song! <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite of the album. And then we redid uh, Like and Prophecy. Yes. So, which is one of my favorites from. That's the first song I ever heard when Jai came up with Golgothan in general, and that one was by far one of the 
band's favorites as a whole too. So we wanted to, uh, the original recording I think was in drop B or drop A and now we play in drop G with seven strings. Nice. So we wanted to, um, you know, redo it and make it heavier and do our newer equipment, newer tuning, you know, better vocal and recording quality in general. Uh, you know, and get, bring that song a whole new life, I guess. Totally. No, I mean, you can, you can hear, you can hear the love in it and the attention in it. And, um, it, it's, it's got, and this, this might be weird to say, but like the newer recording of it has kind of, it almost has kind of a blackened death metal sound to it, like in the yeah. riffs and the tone and stuff. And I was like, mm-hmm. feeling, feeling the fuck out of it, man. Like, God damn. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's definitely, uh, I mean, death metal for for sure, but yeah, black right. and death metal, absolutely. Yeah, it has. We we get influence from all kind of stuff in Golgotha, and we. Uh, I know even when we write, me and Jai, especially, we don't really listen to as much metal when we're writing for it. Um, I mean, we do. We still have our influences, you know. Don't get me wrong, like aborted, cattle decapitation, cannibal corpse, you know. Right. But they listen like, to a lot of Paul Simon too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And on the side, we listen to a lot of Celine Dion. Return of the Mac. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Return of the Mac, man. I will listen to 90s dance music all day. Dude, like, <laughs> earlier while I was cleaning off my desk because I'm a slob, I just put on your your uh, stream, your Twitch stream, mm-hmm. and I was just like, oh, shit. Like every song that, that <laughs> came on, I was like, oh, shit, this is my jam. Yeah, I was bringing it back. <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. I was like, these dudes fucking party. Yeah, for sure. And it's funny because my wife heard the, uh, I can't remember the name of the song. Uh, One thing leads to another. Oh, yeah, the fix. Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, I even comment. I was like, oh, shit, that's that House of the Devil, boy. Which we're yeah, totally going to cover someday. But my wife, my wife was a teenager in the 80s. And the first time I'm watching this movie, she's in the kitchen doing whatever. And that part of the movie's on and she comes out of the kitchen dancing. And I swear to God, she, she wasn't even, she doesn't even look at the TV screen because she doesn't want to see all the gore and everything most of the time. So she's dancing almost exactly like homegirl in the movie, like not paying attention to it. And I'm like, looking back and forth between the screen and her like and i'm just having this weird existential moment and i'm like what the fuck is going on like yeah that's awesome though man yeah yeah bro like i was like she's it's just it's just real bro she's a a a true child of the 80s man it's one of those things where like i mean i I loved the fuck out of the movie to begin with but then that happened and i was just like well okay yeah there it is this is this is the universe speaking to me now. Yeah, it's an incredible movie, and and she still hasn't watched it. And I'm like, you gotta watch it. Like, it's not like Hell Comes to Frogtown or you know, like 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 the stuff that I know she, she just wants nothing to do. I love your face when when I said that. You know, it's not like the stuff that I know she would want nothing to do with. You know, but it's not uh, so bad. It's good. Right, I, I need I I got to trick her into watching it one day because I know she'll like. Yeah, it. That's not even a trick movie. That's just a good. No, that's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. No, but she doesn't trust me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You've probably betrayed her. 
of too many Trump. times. <laughs> probably so. Hey, shit movies. Yes, probably, <laughs> probably so. I, I, I've turned him on to these shit movies. <laughs> Night Dude, of the Demon. <laughs> Night of the Demon is... God, Wait, Night of Night. the Demons or Night of the Demon? Night of, Night the, of Demon. the Demon from 1980. I don't, I've, I don't think I've seen that. Oh my oh. god, you've got to watch it, dude. Like, watch it. you got to watch it, like, tonight, bro. Just call into work. I swear <laughs> to God, it's so worth it. Jarrett, good sir, do you not play a Cloyd Fontenot? Yes, I, uh, yeah, we have a series called Bai That's Eyes that I, <laughs> that we created. That I play a character named Cloyd Fontenot. I was introduced to the series by none other than Ricky Prejean. This shit is metal as fuck and it's Cajun as fuck. Oh, I love yeah. the character Cloyd Fontenot. From the moment that Ricky put this on in my house, we were watching this after a recording one night. And he's like, you got to check out. He, he told me about Golgoth and I knew about the music. He's like, look at what the, <laughs> look at what this guy's doing from Golgoth. And, and <laughs> I even and, said it in the episode, I think too. Like, yes. <laughs> like oh bro, I got to show you that. I was like, we, we gotta, we gotta stay up all night and watch this shit after the show. <laughs> and we did, we did. We watched all the episodes that were available and my God, this is tongue in cheek awesomeness horror cajun epicness to its highest degree look deacon cloyd fotno is a great character that i'm in love with oh yeah. obvious yeah obviously ricky's in love with oh, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> the shenanigans and the premise of the show so what's the premise Appreciate of the show that. uh the premise is it's a deacon exorcist <laughs> who has been doing exorcisms for about 10 years a decade and he is uh in his mind he's a badass in his mind he's kind of like constantine is not yeah, yeah yeah basically <laughs> if not better but 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 he's um, like but i'm a little more badass realistically when shit goes down i mean he handles it the best he can right right uh <laughs> he just gives it up to the lord after a certain degree. <laughs> you guys have a through line like through the story with Mr. Cameraman and, oh, Mr. and sound guy. She yeah. gets drunk. Actually isn't too far from his real life. Nice. <laughs> yeah, sound guy. Sound guys, dude, sound guy copes the best he can, man. What's great about uh sound guy, which is Trevor. Um, he actually didn't want to be in the show at all, which I think makes it a thousand times better. Oh, because shit. it comes out completely that he just did not. I mean, he likes it. Don't get me wrong, but he was not in the mood to be active. In that show. That's that's awesome, man. which makes it a thousand times better. Because I mean, it's believable. Like like yeah. you said, it really is. But like, it looks like he, he doesn't, doesn't want to be, be there. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and Cloyd's like getting ready to like kick some demonic ass, and right. he's just like sneaking up like a couple of swigs of his fucking you know <laughs> bourbon or whatever. It he half ass knew what he was getting into, but then when he got out there, 
it's kind of it was kind of real to him he did not expect that like some of the shit we were gonna make him like do you just follow me he didn't <laughs> we don't tell him anything so <laughs> just, oh shit <laughs> just like dude just follow me and like he'll just and and sometimes he gets you know i mean now he knows for sure but yeah at the beginning of it he did a lot of that was real he was just <laughs> not too excited <laughs> and then he didn't know what the fuck was going on I love knowing that, man. That makes yeah. it even more believable because you're not wrong. Like, it looks like he's, like, annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love – I can't I can't go on enough about how much I love Floyd Fontenot as a character. But this YouTube series might have some uh, big potential in the future, yeah? Yeah, uh, we are – I mean, we're doing more episodes for sure. Uh, we're going to have – for sure two more that was going to be our you know first season i guess if you could call it uh how we made it but uh we have plans on doing a full feature in the future we're in talks uh we have ideas and hope you know fingers crossed things happen oh fucking dude i would love that so fucking much and this 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 show it it like it rekindles like a love of you know, I'm from Louisiana. I'm from I'm from Cajun country. I'm a Cajun. I love the culture that we do have, the good parts of it. The Cajun shit runs a little bit deeper for me now than it did a few years ago because I don't know, man. I guess I'm growing slowly more and more proud of where I'm from. But not so much to the point to where I'm gonna wave a flag <laughs> or anything like that. But I I appreciate the culture and I'm 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 proud to be from where I'm from. And this this series, coupled with horror, was the perfect thing to come along that just was like, damn, dude, I think it's fucking badass. And in in Bayou to Ties, you guys are hunting down to Ties. The first episode is uh, – no, the second episode is Zombie Raccoons, right? Right. Yeah, right. yeah. First episode was The uh, Devil in the Bayou, which was – because that's how it started out was a uh, – the show was originally just going to be like a minute long. It was going to be a teaser for the song, the single we had, Devil in the Bayou. Right. And uh, we just had so much footage that we decided to make a you know, episode out of it. And then it got a good response. So we decided to keep it going. Wow. That's I love how like that is so un you, you didn't you didn't plan that at all. No. And, th- and then Not something amazing came from that. Yeah, there, it was gonna. At first, it was actually going to be a uh, more like River Monsters with a Australian guy, you know, like Steve. <laughs> and shit. And oh, shit. Well, let's make it, you know, Cajun because that's what we're about. It, like you said, very tongue in cheek, and and just like Metalocalypse or things like that, even Hatchet, like we're going over later. It, uh, it, it loves what it's picking on, and right, right, and and I think it takes a certain love for what you're doing to pick on it correctly. Like you're not trying to make, you know, pick on any of the people in it. You're not trying to like make anybody feel bad that's in it, but like, you know, there's a goofiness to everything that you do and uh, to just pick on the goofiness of it, you know, just like Metalocalypse does just like, you know, any, uh, this is like Deathgasm kind of does even totally. Or, uh, and like Hatchet does, you know, it, it knows what it is and it knows it, where to hit those points at like you can tell there's an appreciation for it like we love death metal we love 
horror. We love comedy, but we, and we love, I mean, we're all from the South as well. We grew up here, but we also know how to pick on ourselves. You know, we're not crazy to think that we're. I, I love, I love that this is something that you guys, it's like a, a more sorcery than wizardry. It's just more inspiration that just happens out of circumstance, nothingness, who knows. Right, right. But you, 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 you created like a, a cool, awesome funny and like fits in the niche of horror web series that like it's like oh man and to hear that there is potentials for a feature amazing i'm blown away amazing yeah that's the goals that was that's the goals right now so i also wanted to ask about uh day day is it daybreakers no oh day trippers day Day trippers Trippers. oh the short film yeah, I was uh, in a short feature um, recently. Um, it'll be hopefully going to a few festivals. It's like a short film competition type of thing. Um, it's a slasher short uh, with a few of my friends. It was the first thing that I worked on outside of me and Jai's type of crew. You know, um, this was outside people, great people. Aaron Broussard is the director. Donnie Broussard, her husband, um, is the producer. And, uh, yeah, I was lucky enough to get on it. They've seen Cloyd stuff and they've seen me acting and a few other things. So, uh, they asked me to be in it and I'll be in that. I don't know the exact date though, when any of that's happening. Right on. But I'll be posting about it and stuff like that. And we will post about it too. Day trippers. We're going to be looking for that. It's a slasher short. It's fun. It's very, uh, it's, it's very hatchet. It's, it's very campy, you know, fun, 70s vibe, uh, slasher. And uh, to, to kind of round things out, because of the uh, Bayou Tatais, hunting down Tatais. I've got a few Louisiana haunts here, some monsters that we may or may not have heard of before, like the Grunch. You guys know about the Grunch? No. I know about the Grinch, not the Grunch. Uh, legend says a group of albino dwarves isolated themselves from society in the woods just outside of. Patasa. Oh. Damn. Oh, damn. I got excited for a second when you said that. After years, of, <laughs> after years of inbreeding, their appearance became less and less human-like. Oh. Mm, who does that sound like? Resulting in what people now call the grunch. And according to reports, this Louisiana monster, it looks neither human nor man, has sharp teeth, goat legs, and other abnormalities. He hides in tall grass near Grunch Road in New Orleans, Louisiana, waiting to prey on teens who park there. So, okay, New Jersey has albino people living in the woods, too. This seems to be a common urban legend running thread. Albino fears? Fears of an albino? I don't know. Why are you all so scared of albino? Isn't that a thing? And I could be wrong, but isn't that a thing? There's like literal albino like communities in certain parts of the United States, and they're like... I think frowned upon. I know that's, I mean, I guess that's the better way to put it, but is it it unfortunately frowned upon like in the surrounding areas around it? I think it might be an urban legend. I think this might be. Oh, okay. 
to a really old urban legend about albino communities because I, yeah. I read about this in uh, Weird New Jersey. And um, I think this is something that might run through the thread of American urban legend history. Like it's some weird thing where people are like afraid of albino communities or something. Like it, wouldn't surprise, it wouldn't surprise me. I've literally met, yeah, like families in Louisiana that it's, you you better be part of that family to go back in, <laughs> in that one gravel driveway that leads to all their houses. You know what I'm saying? Type of stuff. Right. Oh, well, the middle we, of the woods. The middle of the woods, nowhere fucking places, yeah. Yeah, yes. totally. Kind of like the grunge, though, we have some other little people called the Luton. You guys know about this? No. Never heard of them. They're like these little people that um, can be disguised as cats hobgoblins elves or other strange creatures and they take up residence in your home and play harmless tricks on you so they're like you know other cultures have this type of mischievous little entity that will come and fuck around in your house maybe cobble your shoes i don't know but my aunt had a had a nightmare that she told us about when i was a kid where these little people were on her shelf in the back of the house she'd wake up all the time and see these little people or were they the Luton of Louisiana I mean what the fuck you guys ever had any experience with uh, little gnomish people running around no yeah never no never. not yet man I'm keeping my fingers crossed uh what about the honey island swamp monster yeah I've heard it know? yeah isn't that uh isn't that part of hatchet history as well I've heard of that guy isn't it the honey island thing uh, kind of, sort of. The, the first sighting is in uh, 1963, reminiscent of the uh, DC character known as the Swamp Thing. Yeah. Right. It's a hybrid, hybrid mixture of an escaped circus chimpanzee and an alligator. I'm reading this wrong. In the swamps of Tammany Parish. So there it resides. I guess it would be like a reptile Bigfoot type thing. What the fuck? Louisiana has its own Bigfoot, guys. Not a Yeti. Honey Island Swamp Monster, not Sasquatch. That sounds better than, than Bigfoot. Honey Island Swamp Monster. Totally. Better than, better than Bigfoot, but Sasquatch is a cool... I like Sasquatch. But you know yeah, what? Yeah, for sure. The, you know what? The Honey Island Swamp Monster is the Sasquatch that we've talked about. <laughs> oh, not the, the He's the Sasquatch witch. That's coming right. up one day, folks. Just <laughs> La- Last one. All right. The Fifoulet. Y'all know about that? I've heard uh, that. I've heard that name. That. Yeah, that's the uh, that's kind of like the will o' wisp, yeah. Yes, it's the will o' will o' the wisp, Cajun fairies, and they can do good or bad depending on your intention. I mean, how are you summoning them? What are you doing? In some cases, loved ones are coming to greet you, and uh, they bring you good fortune through these fairies. Other cases, they spell doom and death. This is I've I heard about the the. Fifalay from my father around a campfire story where the Fifalay was the souls of the unbaptized babies that died. That's what I had always heard. Yeah. That's the that's that's, that's yeah. the real Louisiana folklore. That's not what you read off a website. That's some campfire shit. Right. And what would happen is the light would follow you. It's a light that hovers and it follows you. But that's swamp gas, right? Okay, cool. But the legend is light follows you through the woods and you could trick it by throwing something on the ground and it would circle it and it would get lost and you could escape it but if it followed you back to your dwelling place your cabin whatever 
you would hear the sound outside of a baby crying and you'd be lured to it because most human beings, I mean, you hear a baby crying. Right. Right. You're going to go see about that baby. I mean, you're going to be like, what the fuck? So it tricked you to go outside and you'd see like blood on your porch and crazy shit like that. I think this is one of the cooler legends. And I purposefully left out the Rougarou, everyone. I'm sorry. But that will be covered on a later episode of the oh, Night yeah. Club. We're going we're gonna to werewolf deep dive one day. Yes, because... Oh, Werewolves but, have a special place in T-Boo's hearts. Both our hearts. I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> My voice is shot. It's shot. Are you, what are you drinking, man? What are you drinking over there? Uh, I think that's Dr. Juice. It's Paris. still Dr. Juice. Okay, look. I wanted to tell you this earlier. My favorite IPA. You ready? Ready. Mm-hmm. Elysian Space Dust. No. <gasps> no. Really? No. 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 I thought I found a gym, no? Yeah, that you can find at, like, gas stations. That's not some fucking good IBs. Uh-oh. I'm getting called out, Ricky. It's happening Damn. right here. <laughs> <laughs> I've never even heard of this one. I just said I wasn't smart. <laughs> now I'm now I'm beer illiterate, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's owned by the Coors. That's Coors' IPA, basically. Is I it? didn't know that. Well... Hey, what about what about uh founders uh barrel aged scotch? Fuck it, no, that's bad too. I mean, I don't know, I don't, I haven't drank that. Parish, dude, Parish machine. Yes, there you go. I like that 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 one. Well, I know you're saying no, but that one and Elysian are the two that I would rep hard. Those two. Well, that's okay. I mean, hey, man, you're entitled to like whatever you want. I thought I found a cool little beer no one knew about because I only found it in like two spots, and I'm like. What is this Elysian? And it's all, you know. Space. Wait, where were they at? Where did you find them at? Gas stations. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just thought they had something cool. No. no. Look, I, look, man, I know about Marcello. I, I, I know about Marcello's and I know about all that shit. Yeah, that's where, that's where I go. But I, I you know, um, <laughs> look, I said, you're illiterate now. I don't know shit. I'm li- hey, Rick, Ricky, I'm leaving all this. No, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, feel dude, really it bad for saying the gas station beer because I was absolutely correct. It was at the, the gas station. The, joke, the and, joke is so good it has to and, stay in. And this, and this is going to tie into something I wanted to bring up uh, earlier when you brought oh. when you brought up oh. like Dahlia murder. I was listening to the Josta show because he had um, Sammy Dewey on recently and uh, Trevor Stenard of um, Black Dahlia murder. And uh, he was saying, like, Trevor said something about, like, if um, he, like, if he, if he, Jesus Christ, talk. Uh, <laughs> he said that um, when he dies, he's pretty sure when his life flashes before his eyes, all he's going to see is just gas stations. <laughs> and I was like, that's, that's yeah. fucking hilarious. He actually had to have, like, he had, like, three hernias or some shit that he all got from doing vocals. Ugh. 
yeah bro i was like god damn bro that's so hardcore yeah metal as fuck you're just gonna scream till your guts come out of your nuts recommends each um i guess i'll start us off so my first recommend is an album called memories lost and planes forgotten by Gatewatcher. it's a uh, synth band uh dungeon synth band from croatia and it's like minimalist and ambient and it's all based on the lore from magic the gathering so oh shit <laughs> it's it's yeah, you're listening to this, and I'm a big fan of Dungeon Synth, which I didn't know until I got into black metal, and I found out that Dungeon Synth was like a cousin to black metal. And I'm like, what? But I'm listening to all this stuff, and I've, I've made some music for this show that is very Dungeon Synth-inspired, and uh, I think this album is fucking awesome. Like, the, the cover alone is going to get you into the feel of, of, of the record, and once you start listening to it, the opening song is a uh, Spark Ignites, and that, like, you just sink right into it, and you're flowing through it and flowing through it, and the other uh, good track from it that I remember is As the Day Turns to Night. You can find, find this on Bandcamp pretty easy. Uh, again, the, the artist is... Um, oh, God, I just said this. Gatewatcher. Gatewatcher. Yep. And I would give this like a like a solid eight out of ten for me. Unexperienced in dungeon synth all around, but I've listened to I don't know thirty, forty different artists do this type of music, and I, I think this is fucking really cool. So eight out of ten for Memories Lost and Planes Forgotten by Gatewatcher. Didn't Varg do some dungeon synthy stuff? Like some oh, of yeah. his stuff in prison yeah. was considered dungeon synth. It, it's it's an early inspirer of the, of that. Yep. Okay. That cool. I've sub, heard sub some. Genre. I've heard some, but I never like dived in, and I've always wanted to. We do not condone Varg Vickerness. Right. No. 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 We don't condone yeah, Varg uh, Vickerness in general. Okay. We, we are, can... however, fascinated by Varg Vickerness. We are fascinated by him, but we don't condone yeah. him and his right. Right. I thought I thought about I, I had joked around about inviting him to the show just so we could like troll him the whole time, like just to see like what would happen, like just throwing the idea out there. He but, seems like one of those people though that would find you afterwards and want to actually kill you, right? And stab you to death in your right. own apartment. Stab yeah, you to death, exactly. right? <laughs> so, Ricky, what's uh, what's one of your uh, metal recommends for tonight? Or it's not it doesn't always have to be metal, but what you got? Um, I mentioned them earlier, um, and they are blowing up right now. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow them a little bit. So we're gonna talk about Capra. There's some fucking Metal Blade heroes right now, man. Like they signed on with Metal Blade. It's fucking. It's it feels like it's kind of like out of the blue. Um, they're like metallic hardcore. Um, I get kind of like every time I die, converge, um, those type of vibes from them. Some kind of sick of it all there. It's good stuff, man. Um, their full-length album is coming out on April 23rd this year. Y'all check first that out. Length? Their first full-length, yep. With Metal See, Blade. I, I, I don't know shit about Capra, so I'm like total noob to this. Um, I like the name, but... Totally. Yeah, I don't know. 
I, I haven't even heard them yet, so I'm going to be It's a Dark Souls that. reference, too, uh, as I understand. But right now, they're uh, first, I don't, I don't know if you call it an EP or an LP, but it's it's uh, two songs, Torture Ship and Paper Tongues. It's on Bandcamp. It's solid for, you know, being two songs, man. It's super short, and it's super sweet. Check them out. Jarek, what you got for us? Uh, well, the first one I'll give um, is actually a new album and a newish band, I guess. Um, but it's a band called um, Frozen Soul. I think it's appropriate for this time because it's freezing outside. Totally. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a band that uh, it came out this year. The album, I want to say January, maybe maybe beginning of February, twenty twenty one. The whole they're called cold school death metal nice but it's uh it's that old school death metal sound they have a bunch of it just makes you want to headbang and drink a beer hell yeah uh, but their whole theme is frozen stuff the album's called crypt device you know they nice. uh, <laughs> they definitely party that's for sure they're awesome though they have a really cool sound if you like old school death metal like uh bolt thrower oh um, fuck yeah i love bolt or thrower. you know um morbid angel type of stuff you know like all yeah. that you know, it's it's fun man but it makes you just want to like i said grab a beer and headbang and the tone their guitar tone is fucking phenomenal that's one thing that really turned me on about it uh it always makes me think of warhammer because of the bolt thrower album covers yeah you know yeah for sure but they uh they're killer man they're from texas uh i think they're on century media so check them out uh i think this is their first album i think they only had a demo before this but uh, I bought the vinyl. It's great. And I just listen to it. I don't even have to, like, look at it. I'm really bad at knowing the names of songs. I just know when I like one or not, you know? And I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, this riff, you know? <laughs> you know? Right, yeah, uh, right. Because I just listen to them as a whole. But that album is as it as a whole is really great. There's so many parts that just make you want to, like I said, grab a beer and headbang and just party along. Really What's the album again? It's called Crypt of Ice by Frozen Soul. And you can I'll find that, be on, that out. It's on, it's on everything. I think it's on Spotify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all that stuff. Do you have but a yeah. rating? You don't oh, have to. Uh, rating. Um, you know, I'd give it probably an 8 out of 10 because I definitely party. Hell yeah. Fucking and A. That's my factor on a lot of music is if I could party with it or not. Like, if I if, if it makes me laugh and I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, when I'm listening to it or it makes me just want to, like, kind of put the metal horns up and... Fucking like, rock out. Hell yeah. Right. Speaking of 2021 records and records that make me want to fucking bang my fucking head, 2021 has graced me with Rotten Garden by Grimma. A band from Russia. Atmospheric black metal. Melodic black metal. Uh, They're nature-based. They have a lot of interludes with like uh, folk elements, accordions, acoustic guitars, owls hooting in the night. Dope. I mean, it t- it takes you to like a a black, wintry forest landscape, and just crushes you. It's like a pummeling black metal record. But but again, you you float in this shit. This is what I love about black metal, dude. This is the thing I'm finding more and more out about black metal that I love is when I can quote unquote float in it. Right. It's like it's 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 an experience. And this album is a ten out of ten. God damn! I'm gonna have to check them out. Whole lot of love. I really like the uh, their every inch of my love. It's like a tree. It looks like a tree. That they're tree people. They're tree people. They have masks on. Oh shit! Yeah, and that 
you can find this on Bandcamp and um, they've been around I want to go back through their back catalog because I just found this band I have heard the name damn man I love that name by the way it, yeah. Rotten Garden Garden it sounds so yeah. it sounds so cool I love ten it. out of ten every inch of your love every fucking inch yeah, yeah I'll definitely be checking this out <laughs> Is it is it my turn? It's your turn. Okay, so <laughs> we already <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we already oh shit oh, oh man, shit me. god damn it um we already talked about this band um, yeah so I have volume two widowed by Father Russ as oh, my you. second pick for the night on Front Street like I. I started listening to Father Rust since I started talking to you about doing this. I didn't know about it. And post-metal isn't something that I actively seek out. Right. This, and I like volume one a lot, um, but volume two, I think I think may have won me over um, <laughs> to, to diving more into this. And Travis thought it was maybe kind of lame that I was like, oh, we're going to have the guy on the show and we're going to suck his dick about father rust too and i'm like i'm like you know what fuck it um and and i'm gonna be i'm gonna be honest with you like i'm not gonna like yeah i'm like i'm like yeah i want to talk about it i want the people to check it out it's totally my pick only if you give it 10 out of 10 i'm just <laughs> right right that's what i'm that's what i'm getting at i'm not gonna you know you know for me for me it's it's a nine like i could put this on oh, no, i appreciate that i could put this on anytime and listen to it and love it. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's you. it's fucking awesome, dude. The song, the nighting, the uh, uh, what is it? I was gonna say the nightingale, but goddamn, Gale. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna call it the nightingale. Listen, it's <laughs> <laughs> the nightclub. It's like the song <laughs> Gale, <laughs> Gale, dude. Like goddamn. Like first of all, every song on this one, like. I was like, oh shit, that's the best song on the on it. I could tell right now. And then the next one comes on and I'm like, oh shit, that's the best song right there. I could tell right now. Up until the end. Like that's like I was like somehow it just tops itself over and over again. But I think for me, uh Gale is still the standout track. There's some of those like like some of those riffs almost sound like punk, man, and I'm just like I was so feeling this shit on the way to work, um, for weeks, like straight, like appreciate that um thank you yeah man like post metal awesomeness with our guest um is it just you and jai or is it other people as well uh it's me oh well on that album it was me jai a guy named jordan burt on bass and Corey lagrange on guitar but um Corey and jordan moved so it is just me and jai we have a new guitarist named uh, nick martin who's around here Okay. And uh but we're we're still keeping it going. It's just a little bit slower now now, but uh I mean it'll still be around for sure. Right on man. And it said, originally just started as me and Jai. And you said you had three uh EPs with these yes. uh, uh well 
two, and then we have one song released from the third one. Okay, okay. Yeah, man. Um, Right now, this is nine out of ten with Potential Arise. Jarek, what's your final recommend for this evening? Uh, My final one will be, I'm going to go a little older. I'm going to go with uh, Salvation by Colson Bluna. Uh, I think it came out in 2008. Uh, one of my biggest influences for Father Rust. Uh, one of my favorite albums in general. One of my favorite post-metal. Definitely my favorite post-metal album. 2004 actually came out. Favorite Cult of Luna album. This It has a flow from beginning to end. It seems like it's an entire story. Every riff has some type of... They keep an overall dark vibe. You know, throughout the entire album, but you you get its ebbs and flows throughout every song. You know, and it does. It's not just heavy, and it's not just soft, and it's not right. Um, you know, you you have a whole like almost like watching a movie, if you will. You know, and uh, I, I I love it. I've always loved it since I've heard it. It's been one of my favorite albums for a, a long time. I'll I can't recommend it. It's, it's ten out of ten in my book for sure. Nice, nice. We, and and we we had sort of talked about this too, right? That's like, it's it, you said it to you. It was cinematic, right? Yes, very. It, it feels like a score. Like it feels like if you were to put this to a movie, it would fit, you know. Or um, or it feels like you could fit a movie to it almost, you know. It has ebbs and flows between every song. It has its high, it has its peaks and its valleys. Um, it has soft parts. It has heavy parts. Every song has its own vibe. You know, um, I'm I'm gonna definitely be checking this out because, and we had talked about this as well uh, pre-show. Big uh, fans of like explosions in the sky, Mogwai, this will destroy you. Who else you said? Oh, uh, Godspeed, you Black Emperor. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, it's all in that same vein, except this it incorporates all that post-rock stuff with post-metal or yeah. metal in general, and it just creates this type of balance in between. Kind of fine. They do it. The band Isis does it really well as well. Yeah. Uh, Mouth of the Architect is another really good one. Rosetta, which are all really good post metal bands. But this album by Colts Luna is my favorite. But if you want to get into them, especially if you never heard them, uh, I recommend their newer album Dawn to Fear. But also a great album, and it's a little bit newer, more produced, uh, and it has a more modern post metal sound. Well, I like but, raw shit. So what? Again, what's the album? And, and you gave it a 10 Salvation. Out of 10. Yes, Salvation. Salvation by Cult of Luna. 10 out of fucking 10, Jarek says. Every inch of Jarek's love. <laughs> it's, it's, been, it's been one of my favorite albums for a long time.
so far tonight, we've discussed Louisiana metal. We've discussed Louisiana cryptids. Let's get into a Cajun slasher film. Tonight's midnight ritual is Hatchet. If you have not seen tonight's film, cry off the podcast now. Hatchet is a 2006 American slasher film written and directed by Adam Green. The film has an ensemble cast including Joel David Moore, Kane Hodder, Dion Richmond, Tamara Feldman, Richard <laughs> don't know how to say that name, Mercedes McNabb, Robert England, and Tony Todd. In the style of old school slasher films such as Friday the 13th, the plot follows a group of tourists on a New Orleans haunted swamp tour who accidentally get stranded in the wilderness only to be hunted down by a vengeful, supernatural, deformed man who kills anyone that enters his swamp. This is our equivalent down south of Jason motherfucking Voorhees. Not only is he played by Kane Hodder, who played Jason in four or five of the Friday films, so the parallels, Ricky, come on, man. Mommy, daddy, right? We see what's happening here. Totally, yeah. So, like Friday, Friday the Thirteenth. Jason's mom is the thing, and now Kane Hodder, who was the most famous Jason actor, you know, uh, unarguably, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He he's now the the like you know, oh my dad, and he's got his own slasher franchise, and it's in Louisiana, which all ties into tonight because. This film opens on Mardi Gras. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> let me not go into that first. Okay, sorry. Um, anyone care to guess uh, where this was filmed? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's totally filmed in New Orleans. I mean, damn, dude, from the streets to the, like every shot. Weren't I you thought at home? the, isn't all the swamp stuff in LA though? Like, isn't that all on sound stages? I think only that beginning where it's literally on Bourbon Street was in New Orleans. Yeah, well, because all the stuff in the swamp has its own look. Right. Really I think that's all sound stages and it's lit very uh, exaggerated. 
right tons of fucking fog uh yeah Mm -hmm. right swamps don't look like that in the real world (laughs) (laughs) it was but bourbon street bourbon street totally looks like that is bourbon street except it looked like they cleaned it up like there wasn't enough trash and vomit like there should have been more yeah there should have been grosser but you know and the raven street church choir yeah they should have they should have been over there yelling at everybody are we going to just get into this? Like, is this where we're going? Well, yeah. uh, I mean, you know, we, we start off with a nice cameo from Robert England. Dude. Okay, yeah, the film opens in a dark swamp with two men, a father and a son on a boat. They're hunting down an alligator. And you get motherfucking Freddy Krueger right the fuck away. Robert England is playing this Cajun daddy. And he's got his <laughs> son, Ansley, there with him. And he is just like disgusted with his son who he's recruited to come with him on this gator hunt, but he's just ridiculing him the whole time. And he's like, not PC, anymore, not PC at all. Sure. Yeah. No, he, he, <laughs> well, no, not at all. Yeah. Well, one of his lines, look, I have it written down. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's times have changed. Oh, times have changed. <laughs> Welcome to the nightclub. <laughs> Cause he's like, his son's like, oh, dad, I got a piss. He's pissing off the boat. The alligator jumps up, tries to bite his wang off, and he's like, oh, I can't go like this. Well, who could? He runs off, and Robert England is like, <laughs> God, I can't. Robert England is savage. <laughs> and Adam yeah. Green was savage for writing what he wrote. And you know what? I'll say this, not saying it. I can laugh at things being of a certain age i understand how they don't necessarily uh that's not right anymore right but as older people of that nature yeah it's the same as growing up in the 70s when you had you know uh, watch uh f is for family the bill burr show on netflix and you might understand sort of the perspective i'm coming from when i say that the comedy in this film like not of the demons the, the character What's his name? Pig? Uh, uh, yeah. Scrooge. I don't Scrooge. know why I hang out with you wipes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can laugh at that character now, knowing that they're being asses. And I'm going to say pretty much every character in this film is an ass. But I will also say I like every character in this film. Right. I like every single one of them, and I didn't want any of them to die. I can't say that for a lot of horror movies. So I'm I'm tipping my hand a little bit here, but uh, yeah, some of them were despicable, but you know what? I still found them enjoyable, relatable. Right, somewhat. right. They're all fun. Right, they're all fun. Likable so doesn't doesn't equate enjoyable. I still found some of them likable, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. So after after the uh, the opening scene, and I mean the the son and the dad, they get ripped to shreds. They they completely meet their end. The son, the the part that cracks me up, he's like, it hurts. <laughs> yes, dude, what is this going on? It hurts. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> That sucks so bad, and you get the uh, 
the title credit sequence, which is kind of with some Marilyn well, Manson music. Yeah, yeah, I was, I, I was, I was laughing about that too. I was like, oh shit, I was We're super avoid, topical now. <laughs> I was gonna avoid talking about it based on what I just said, but based on what I just said, I like the opening. Um, <laughs> um, I don't agree. It's very you. Mardi Gras feeling. Mixed I don't agree very much. I, it's 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 hard talking about a film like this that is dated in today's age, right? But the opening scene in this film, yeah, very fucking New Orleans Mardi Gras. I'm like, there's it really takes you beads, there. There's beer. It's yeah, you're in you're in you're down Bourbon Street. Yeah, they have the big ass beer signs. Yeah, oh, literally oh. big ass beers. It says on the sign. <laughs> <laughs> and that's for anyone who's never been down Bourbon. You can get a beer that is the size of a small child for real, for yeah, real, man. and drink it on the street in front of everybody. And Look, yeah, talk to a cop while you're drinking. It doesn't matter. It's catastrophe. It's it's utter chaos. It's Rome. It's 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 Saturnalia happening every night. I mean, New Orleans is cosmic. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so we meet our main cast of uh, characters and. Uh, Marcus, I love Marcus. Um, yes. And you have Marcus and Ben, they're the best friends. And they're out with all their buddies who we immediately lose because Ben's heartbroken. His girlfriend's left him and he's, he's come to New Orleans on a college trip to like kind of get away from his sorrows, but he can't escape. His buddy Marcus, his, his, his good buddy, is like, you know what? Fuck our friends. Even though I don't want to do this, I'm going to fucking follow you. Ben is like, I'm going to go on a haunted swamp tour out of nowhere. So our main characters are going to go on a haunted swamp tour. And who do they encounter first? <laughs> Real quick before we move on, one of the friends that tells him that he's stupid is actually Adam Green. Really? I didn't oh, know shit. That. Yeah, the one with the weed uh, beads. Okay, so he's the he's the um, he's the other dude that was talking. Yeah, yeah, that's Adam. Because then the other two guys don't even talk; they just make faces. They didn't speaking roles. Right. Okay, right on. I didn't know that. So Adam Green had a cameo in his own film, very Hitchcockian, and M Night Shyamalan. Me, yummy, yummy. I think he's in all of them. In Victor Crowley, he's one of the airline pilots with Joe Lynch. Uh, in three, he's in the jail. Uh, he might not be in two, but he's in one, three, and Victor Cowley for sure. Okay. Well, uh, again, on Front Street, I've only seen the first and Victor Crowley. I've not seen parts two and Those three Those two yet. are my favorites out of the franchise. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, same here. Well, okay. And, and, and so they first they encounter the Candyman himself, motherfucking Tony Todd. So Ben finds out about a swamp tour and he goes knocking on a door that has a clothes sign on it. And Tony Todd emerges with this awesome jester face paint on with a faux Jamaican accent. And he warns them of going on a swamp tour and he's leading up to this crazy haunted ghost story. And it turns out to be he's not negligence. Do- he's not he's not doing night tours on the swamps anymore because he got sued for negligence. <laughs> be careful walking on the sidewalk <laughs> yes it's so, so good i love so tony, tony todd man <laughs> tony todd tells my boy from fucking grandma's boy that's Just the main being a robot. 
Yeah. He he's my guy. Dude, okay, you got you got the dude from fucking Grandma's Boy. You got the jump to conclusions guy from Office Space. Yes. <laughs> you <laughs> look, man, you've got fucking uh Bill Murray's brother, Joel Murray, in this film. His Who's- best ro- his he's Dave Shapiro. His best role okay. ever was God Bless America. If I no did one not know that, that film, was Bill Murray's brother. Wow. That's Joel Murray from God Bless America. Go watch that movie. I'm going to have to watch that. Great movie. So Tony Todd's like, go down the street to Marie Laveau's. You can, you can find a swamp tour there. Marcus is begrudgingly following Ben. He's like, I'd rather skin my own dick than do this, which oh. I thought was a fucking awesome line. Yeah, <laughs> it's so Kevin Smith to me. Um, but so so they go to Marie Laveau's, which is run by an Asian American who has a Cajun accent. Yeah, and you're like, this dude's the best. I loved right. him from the start. Right, he yeah. and his accent is very bad. Yeah, like his Cajun bad. accent is so it's, bad. It's bad, but it's passable. Right, but it, you can tell that it's put on. Right, right, sure. right. I agree for sure, hundred percent. Which I mean, and, it plays out, but yes, it is. It's over the top. Acted. Yes, yeah. absolutely. He comes out and he's like, "Who's ready for a haunted time? The night is upon us, and the dead will rise." Like he's all in it. And very I'm like, water boy. Yes, yes, that, <laughs> very like much. He's Bobby Boucher. <laughs> yeah, basically. Who's ready to do some haunting, huh? <laughs> the night will soon be upon us. The spirits of the damned are on the rise. Let's get our souls on the move, my friends. I love that. That's awesome. Hell yeah, man. And uh, so the character comes out, and uh, that's uh, – what's his name? Ooh, Sean. That's Sean. Okay, Sean is the tour guide, and they uh, Ben and Marcus meet him at Marie Laveau's. Along with meeting Doug Shapiro and his two cohorts, Jenna and Misty, they're filming like some pornography in a voodoo store in New Orleans. I don't know what's going on with these characters, man. Right. Like, it's New I, Orleans, I, dude. They didn't have to do anything. Of course they're filming porn. They're filming just anywhere they can. It doesn't matter. It's crazy. And and he's all about it. He's like, yeah, be smitten. And the one girl who don't know what that means is like acting like, <laughs> acting a, cat. like a cat. <laughs> hey, did y'all did y'all recognize her from anything? Okay, yes, she is in Adam's Family Values. Yes, she's the bitchy uh, uh, counselor or whatever. Yes, the little the one that gets in a fight with Wednesday Adams. Yeah, it took me like. I, I couldn't figure it out, so I IMDb'd it, and I was like, "Oh, I had a buddy shit. that mentioned it, and it blew my mind." Yeah, it blew me away too. I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> Damn, yeah, I didn't know that at all. That's fucking me up. <laughs> so, so they they meet they meet Sean, and Sean's like, "Oh yeah, I do the only haunted swamp tour." While he's slapping him with his slapping hat. him with his fucking hat, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "It's forty bucks a pop." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that that's important, by the way. And I, um, I love, I love the, uh, I love Marcus's line because he's like, "Yeah, you spot me," and he's like, "What's the matter? I don't have cash." And he's like, "No, I'm not paying for this stupid shit." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "No way, Jose." He's, <laughs> he goes along for it, but Marcus ain't about it. So they go on this haunted swamp tour. Well, they get on the bus and they meet y- your boy from uh, office space and his wife they seem like midwesterners right like, yeah they they really have kind of a a fargo sounding accent going yeah 
sort of southernish but more midwestern and they're like you know very friendly people and uh our main characters get on the bus and uh marcus sits next to some girl <laughs> who uh <laughs> later scratches her crotch <laughs> yeah after a, a previously mentioned uh crabs incident <laughs> that marcus was a part of and uh ben sits next to this girl who's very quiet very introspective and is staring out of a window He's doing his best to mack on her, but he cannot. He has no skills because he just got dumped by his girlfriend, and she's fucking some guy with a what he says like a oh like cauliflower a ear and a neck the size oh, of a yeah. truck. Yeah, <laughs> I, lo- I love that conversation. I was just like, oh shit, and like Marcus has enough too. He's just like, all right, that's enough. I don't want to think about what's his name banging your chick, okay? I could totally hear this in an 80s fucking slasher film. Like, this dialogue is so appropriate yes. for what it's trying to, to, to be, in my opinion. So so they're on the bus. Ben's failing at making contact with another female human being. Marcus is succeeding. <laughs> and they finally get to their destination with music that is not at all Cajun, by the way. Oh. They drive out to the swamp, and uh, the tour guide leads them out to this boat. It's a cool-looking boat. And, and they get on, they, there's lights on there and everything. It's like, oh, this is kind of swanky. And some random guy. Jack is in a, Cracker. Like, Jack Cracker's in a rowboat He's screaming. Best. He's like, don't go out in the swamp. It's closed. It's haunted. But Sean keeps trying to start the fucking engine. So yeah, you don't listen they... to Jack Cracker. He drinks his own piss. That, that's that's <laughs> the literal, that's the literal note I wrote. I just wrote Jack Cracker drinks his own piss. Here we go. Hey! You there! Uh, Mr. Sean, I think that man's trying to talk to you. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> hey! Where you think you're going? What's he saying? Oh, uh, that guy, uh, don't mind him. That's just uh, Jack Cracker. <laughs> Jack Cracker? Yeah, yeah, one of the local alligator hunters just uh, sits there, yells things, uh, drinks his own piss. He's, uh, you know, uh, cracked. This swamp is closed! The swamp is closed! Victor Crowley! What's he saying? This is the type of (laughs) film that takes it where the characters say it's going to go because Sean's like, oh no, that's just an alligator hunter that drinks his own piss. And at the end of the scene, after they take off in the boat going down the closed haunted swamp that Jack Cracker was trying to warn them about so diligently... He fucking swigs a fucking container of his own piss, and he's it's, like, "Oh, that's so good." It's, it's like one of those containers that they put like on your hospital bed for you to piss in. <laughs> yeah. I'm best. like, I'm blown away by like where Adam Green takes this shit, man. Yeah, dude. After after that, okay, they're on their they're on their haunted uh, swamp tour here, right? Okay. By the way, Jack Cracker, I uh, just want to get into this. He did the special effects for Friday Thirteenth Part Seven. Really? Yes. Um, Whoa! He's done quite a few things. He was a uh, hold up. Let me. Um, he did the best makeup. He got a nominee, a Saturn Award nominee for best makeup for From Beyond, also for Reanimator. Whoa! Um, he got oh. a Fangoria Chainsaw Award in '91, or a nominee award for Bride of Reanimator. Yeah, so he was a. I knew he was a special. I I thought that he was a, he was a special effects guy beforehand. Dude, 
talking about a hella special effects guy working yeah, on he, all that Stuart Gordon stuff, man. Ghoulies, Troll, Terror Vision, oh. From Beyond, Dolls, Ghoulies 2, um, Friday 13th Part 7, Halloween 4, Rider Reanimator. Uh, I mean, a ton more. I'm just naming the bigger ones. But yeah. This dude's been on everything. God this dude's damn. killing it, bro. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Stuart Gordon is one of my favorite directors, but that's not what we're talking about. Okay, he actually he directed Friday Thirteenth Part Seven. What? Yes. What? Jack Cracker directed Friday Thirteenth Part Seven, and he All drank right. his and he drank his piss. And he drank the whole his own time. piss. He directed Damn. Jason versus Carrie, and then fucking drank his own piss and hatchet, starring yeah. Kane Hodder. And Part Seven was Kane Hodder's first Jason role. Yeah. Now. uh Coming up, you all see an old house with a barn behind it. That right there is a home of a real famous Louisiana legend, Victor Crowley, Hatchet Face. The legend is, is that uh, he was a deformed man whose own father went nuts and whacked him in the face with a hatchet one night. Probably on account of he was uh, so uh, ugly or something. Anyway, he died. And so the story goes is that if you're ever near the old Crowley house late at night, still here, old Victor Crowley, crying for his daddy. Daddy. <gasps> Y'all hear that? Daddy. I don't heard it again. That ain't the story. Uh, that's the gist of it anyway. It's not even the house. Christ, would you just let me do my job? Save my boss. Alright, so, next up, Sean he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing at all. Turns out, turns out it's only his second night doing the tour because he crashes the boat after telling the story of Victor Crowley and breaks now, his accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he he breaks, turns out to be a fake accent the whole time, which was one of the parts that made me laugh so hard, dude. Yeah, when he just gives up and he starts cursing, and he like, goes uh, into like his halfway Korean accent or whatever, you know, Korean, <laughs> right. Actually, yeah, it, oh man, it killed me. And fucking Marcus is looking at him, and he's like, "I feel like I'm in Enter the Song of the South or some shit." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he calls him Jackie Tucker, and he shit. calls him Jackie Tucker. Yeah, and he's like, "And I think I have a hint of Emerald." None of this would be cool today, by the way. So before all that, he wrecks the boat, but he talks about the story of Victor Crowley, and that's when our mysterious girl that Ben was trying to fucking uh, flirt with. Mary Beth. It's a better name than a single name because it's got two names. She turns out to be on this swamp tour for a reason as well. The the boat crashes, all right? And so everyone's freaking the fuck out. They're all doubting Sean's capabilities of leading this tour. And the boat starts to sink in the water, but uh the the the, the husband from the the Midwest, I forget the yeah, character's Jim, name. Jim is like, we can make it across this tree limb to, to the shoreline, honey. Don't you worry. And his wife is so panic stricken. She's like, oh, Jim, no. He's like, oh, watch me. And he starts going and an alligator jumps out and bites his ass yeah, <laughs> right away. Right. Like mm-hmm. right away. Like this is Louisiana, right? Like right away, alligators are just jumping out of everywhere, biting the fuck out of people. Right. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. I here. got a new, I got a new alligator. That's um, a Monday. Yeah. <laughs> I, I took out a loan for a new alligator that I could drive to work, so I get it. <laughs> yeah. So he gets bit, and 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 homegirl shoots off her gun. Mary Beth is fucking shooting the alligator, right? She's packing. 
And everyone's listening to her now because she has the firepower. They all get off the boat. The boat sinks, whatever. Sean loses his Cajun accent. He's from Detroit, but he's really of Asian descent. His family got him the job. He's just trying to make a buck, man. Like, give him a break. I would. I wouldn't have treated him that bad. I'd be like, God damn, right. dude, I guess. Yeah, like, this sucks for you, too. We're all stranded here. And that girl knows the story, the real story of Victor Crowley. Yes, she does. Victor Crowley originally was portrayed as a madman who fucking haunts the swamps. But in reality, his dad, who was played by Kane Hodder in the film, by the way. So the actor that plays Victor Crowley is portraying the father in the film. It's a nice touch. Right. Yes. I, I enjoyed it. It's nice. It's nice seeing Kane Hodder's face, you know, Fuck doing yeah. stuff, you know. And and I say I say to this day, Kane Hodder vocally sounds like George Clooney when he talks. He has me. a very Smith voice. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I could listen to him talk all day. So Kane Hodder plays the dad of Victor Crowley in these flashbacks where the father loves his son. He's feeding him. He's he loves him. He takes him to town to the store. Like, but the kids are mean to Victor Crowley and they tease him and they're ugly and he's just a deformed kid, you know, that his life sucks. So a few years later on Halloween, these kids come around and they're fucking throwing firecrackers and trying to tease him some more and they light the house on fire. So Victor Crowley's inside deformed and scared and, 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 and doesn't know what the fuck's going on. He's freaking out. Dad comes home. He can't get through the door because it's on fire, so he picks up a hatchet, and he tries to break in through the door, and Victor's trying to come out through the other side, and he smashes his son in the face, killing him. That's the legend, the real legend of Victor Crowley that Mary Beth tells all the fucking people that just left this boat, this fucking haunted swamp tour that sunk in the fucking bayou. Everyone's freaked out now. Everybody's like, what the fuck? And it turns out they're right next to Victor Crowley's house. I love, I love that reveal so much. <laughs> it, suddenly she's like cause it's right there and like the camera just pans and like oh shit it's like goddamn, <laughs> dude this, they're like this, spitball distance from the fucking house <laughs> the scenery is the best here I mean yeah. I love the imagery of them revealing the house it's so fucking good it's here that the, the characters want to approach the house because none of them know what to do they don't know whether, whether to travel this way that way they have to f- figure out what the fuck they're going to do. They start heading towards the house and the injured husband, uh, Jim and his wife from the Midwest or, or the first to come up to the house, Victor Crowley fucking emerges. And Oh my God, this is madman. Moore's on crack. Yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. He comes out screaming and hollering. He fucking takes Jim and, and smack like starts just destroying him in the shoulder with his hatchet the gore here the gore effects this is where the gore shines shines you get the the shoulder hacking down through the center of the body then the wife is trying to run away and victor crowley runs up behind her grabs her stretches her mouth open until to where her fucking skull breaks apart from her jaw and her tongue is swinging around in the air this is this is it's, crazy. It's definitely one of the best kills in the entire series, for sure. I was going to say her, her death is probably my favorite kill of the film. It's my favorite kill of the film. 
it, it probably battle. one of the best slasher kills in general. I would I would say. Oh, it's, it's definitely it's done so well. There. It's it's yeah. it's really cool. It it's looks so, so good. out of nowhere awesome. Like the film up to this point, I was really enjoying, and then when this kill happened, I was like, oh, this is another level of special effects that y'all are right. doing now. And and that trend continues. I still say this is the best kill, but the trend of oh, great yeah. special effects continues. So right after the Midwestern couple gets killed, Mary Beth shoots Victor Crowley with her gun in the chest, and he's bleeding everywhere and falls down like he's fucking dead. They all run away. <laughs> Marcus climbs a tree, which that's a funny thing they're trying to get him down from, which they eventually do. Uh, the, the sleazy director, Doug Shapiro... Bill Murray's brother runs away, but he encounters none other than a resurrected, again, Victor Crowley, who fucking twists his head all the way around. So fucking good. 360 head twist with incredible gore. I mean... It does not stop. It, it's one kill after another once it starts. Yeah, man. No, dude, it's relentless, man. So the, the characters decide, oh, fuck, we better go back to the house. Like, we have to arm ourselves and shit. And they leave Marcus behind with uh, Sean and uh, Jenna and Misty. And in, in this scene, it's where they, they hear something going on in the bushes, right? Right, and right. It's, it's a raccoon. But then emerging is fucking Victor Crowley with, what is that, like a, a belt sander? It's a, it's a power... Which they don't make in real life. Uh, they had to do this for the movie, I found out. It's a wireless uh, power sander. Yeah. Which they don't create, but they did it for the movie. I thought it was a fucking belt sander, dude. And I'm like, he skins her bottom jaw off to where only her upper teeth are showing when she's trying to crawl away. Well, it is kind and- of that, but they don't make those without the wires. They, right, they don't make them for this. Right. They don't make like a fucking weed whacker uh version of it you know is usually corded up but uh they made that special for this movie and sadly you know she she gets killed in the scene bayou um, beavers by the way we didn't mention that that oh, was the name of the porno yeah that's the porn that uh yeah <laughs> jenna and jenna and misty and doug shapiro are all filming this sequel or something to a film called bayou beavers that the midwestern guy Jim. Yes knew about but his wife didn't because when he asked him on the bus he's like doug shapiro's asking him do you know the do you know the film bayou beavers jim's like oh yes his wife's like mm-hmm. uh no he's like, oh no 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 i don't know about right, it right, right. all of a sudden all of a fucking sudden <laughs> right <pervert. laughs> and, yeah well sadly yeah jenna dies and uh you also get the the murder of fucking sean man he gets decapitated and well, his arm gets full. Something gets cut no, off. No, his his leg. his leg. Yeah, his leg is cut the off. The fucking shovel kill is so good, man. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so fucking fast and like brutal. It's like the. Uh, I want to say this real quick. The Cabin Fever remake has a brutal shovel kill. Even though the movie's not good, that shovel kill is fucking excellent. Watch it for the shovel kill alone. I'm always down for a good shovel kill, man. A shovel is a very underestimated and unappreciated weapon, man. You can fuck some shit up with a shovel. You will be sickened. I promise. Okay. I'm down to watch it for sure. I like it. I'm going to go watch it. So uh, while at the house, uh, Maribeth and Ben did discover the remains of Maribeth's brother and father. So that's known to her now, and she is a hysterical mess. Which I understand. 
Like, I get that, like, at this point. Like, she went out there to find them because they, they went missing. She, that's why she came with a gun. That's why she took a haunted boat tour because she didn't want to fucking pay for a real boat that could go to a closed swamp. Only this phony-ass boat ride read by Sean, led by Sean, who is now dead, could bring her there. So this all gets revealed, and, you know... I, I believe this 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 lady's acting in this film when when she's crying for them. It's like I don't know, man. A lot of the acting in this film's hokey, but I feel like I feel like she's real, especially towards the end. Y'all got that vibe. She was a little hit or miss for me at times, but when she's when she's emotional like that, yeah, I thought she was on point. I heard in an interview, uh, we're talking about the main actress, right? Yeah, Mary Beth. Yeah, uh, I heard an interview. Adam Green actually locked her up in a room or something like that with pictures of her dad and her brother, and then he just showed her the Victor Crowley house, and so it was all uh, real as to an extent, like her reaction and her freaking out because she didn't know any of it. Adam Green kind of played surprised uh, her with it. Wow, yeah. nice. Well, I, I felt I felt some genuine vibes off her acting when she was weeping and stuff. I, I don't know. It felt it, it felt like a a real cry, like a real person crying um, to me. So after that happens, the survivors are deciding that they have to fucking trick Victor Crowley. They have to do something. They 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 saw some empty or well, not empty. <laughs> some are empty, but they saw some gas canisters back at the cabin. Or, well, the shed next to the cabin. Right. And they decide that, like, well, the only way we're going to survive tonight is to fight Victor Crowley. And we're going to fucking catch him on fire. So Ben and Mary Beth, Marcus, and uh, who else goes with them? Someone else. Misty. Misty. They all head back. And uh, at a certain point, they discover that Misty is uh, missing. And... (laughs) I don't remember how she dies. It's off else? camera. It is, right? Yeah, it's off camera. Because um, her body parts get thrown at Yeah, she, it just gets thrown at him. Yeah. Yeah, it's like her head and then her whole fucking torso. <laughs> right. Which was fucking gnarly. Like, awesome gnarly. So, so yeah, her, her corpse is getting thrown at Ben and, and uh, Mary Beth while they're in the cabin. And they finally, like, light the light. Victor Crowley on fire like he, he he comes in wanting to fuck them up but they can they can fend him off they fend him off pretty good in this movie um which I like I like that that they fight back and they kind of succeed here and there you know I, I think that's cool right. instead of yeah. the killers don't make him invincible by, completely by the way in this scene where they light him on fire I I realized he was the hunchback of New Orleans um yeah. cause his his back is hunching out hardcore like crazy yeah so he's caught on fire. They're they succeeding in, in, in fending off their enemy, their nemesis in this film. This poor ghost boy who's a poltergeist that, that is just sad, missing his daddy, which frequently we hear him crying through the woods. Daddy. You know, in a weird fucked up way. And um, that's part of the legend. He's burning, but a, a fucking thunderstorm comes out of nowhere and puts him out. It's like, God damn, man. What is the fucking luck? So the character uh, Ben, Mary Beth, they start running the fuck away. They they, re- they they're starting to exit the area. They they get back to the first part of the swamp tour where it was this old cemetery. But Victor Crowley shows up. 
at the last second, and he fucking kills Marcus, man, which I was like, God damn it, dude. Mm, pulls yeah. his arms off. Yes, and it's brutal. It's awesome, but I was so pissed that Marcus died. I, I love Marcus. He was my favorite character of the of the movie. <laughs> yeah, Marcus was good. For me, it's Marcus and Sean. So at the end of the film, um, how do Ben and uh, Marybeth get away? They get away for a minute. Uh, so after the cemetery, I believe, uh, they are running and running, and then he – I want to say Ben's already hurt at the time or something. Yeah, he's fucked up. With his foot. Yeah, and – then Victor Crowley is chasing after him, but they just Victor Crowley that, throws that, like a fucking like, it's a, like a bar from the gate that he from breaks the, yes, off. Yes, yeah. yes, and he yeah. throws at the foot, and then he they turn that pole towards Victor Crowley as he's running at him, and they make it like a old school spike, and right. he just very brave heart, dumbassly runs straight <laughs> into <Right>. it. <laughs> yeah, it's very very brave heart. It's like that hold. He's like, I'm gonna make it through, but he does not, and he just gets plowed by that bar, and then bleeds all over. He coughs blood all over Ben's face. Yeah, yeah it's a, I like that scene a lot. That's a good one. And so you think it's the end of the movie after that? Like, or you think that's the ending? Yeah, the yeah, because they do the Friday the 13th thing where they get on the boat. And I was going to say, very yeah, Friday the, the 13th. End, yeah. There's a lot of parallels in this movie to right, Friday really. the 13th. It's a, I mean, it's a love letter, you know? Sure, sure. And it's also a, a, uh, a ship for Kane Hodder to sail in. Where right. he gets his own character to officially be, he's not because he took over the role of Jason, but Victor Crowley is his it's own. His own right? right, and so the film ends with our two main characters, Ben and Mary Beth, on a boat in a river. They're crying, they're blood covered, but they're alive. But Mary Beth trips into the lake. She gets oh, pulled into yeah. the lake. Yeah, he pulls her in, and she's caught on some some branches down there, some bramble. She sees Ben's hand come down through the water, and she reaches up and grabs Great it. Great scene. Great shot. Great scene. Great shot. Yes. She gets pulled up, and who's there but Victor Crowley with a bleeding Ben in the boat and her face screaming into the camera as the film ends. As she holds the dead arm. I love it. I love the ending so much. I, I, it's a great fucking ending, man. Like, and it sets up a movie I have not seen yet, but I imagine this is probably how part two starts, right? Is it like Friday the Thirteenth? It's, 13th? it's yeah. lit- no, it's not even Friday. The 13th. It's better. It is like one right after the other to the T, yeah, except nice. the head actress changes to Danielle Harris. Right. Well, that sounds like a plus. Yeah, it definitely is a plus, but yeah. it starts the ex- like it starts at that spot, and then the same with two to three. It starts at the exact spot that it finishes at. So Victor Crowley is a great Cajun fucking monster that we have in the horror genre in general. Um, this film is the opening of a franchise that is beloved. Adam Green has been heralded. They've been on Joe Bob on Shutter on on the Last Drive In featuring these films. Look, the horror community is is not shy to these films. They love them. This is my second viewing of the first Hatchet film. I love the aesthetic. 
I love that it's set in Louisiana. I love that Kane Hodder gets his own character. I love the humor. I love it that it has its own look and feel. I didn't know that it was shot on sound stages for the, the swamp scenes. I believe it was. I could be wrong, but I think it was. That being said, though, that the fact that it has its own look alone was like a plus as well. This is a comedy horror to the highest extent. I give this an 8.5 out of 10. I love this movie a lot. Whole lot of love. All right. So the first time, and dude, just just to reiterate, this is also my second watch of this one. Actually, it may be my third. Yes, I watched it. I've uh, watched it three times so far. Every time I watch this, I find more and more to appreciate about it. Um, but I've loved it ever since my first watch. The imagery, the lore, the fucking performances from like Kane Hodder. I love the fact that he, you know, this is his guy. This is his baby. This it, it's such a fun slasher. It looks great. The fucking gore effects are just beautiful. The kills yeah. are fun. The kills are creative. Uh, there's not a dull moment. There's enough comedy. The characters are fun. This is a nine for me. This is a fucking nine. First time I saw it, it was like a, an eight maybe. Yeah. Oh, mine's going up from the first time. Mine, the first time was probably like a seven five. Second time was an eight five, dude. This this has potential to rise. Like yeah. this this that's what I'm getting amazing. at. It's amazing. That's, that's what I'm getting at. This thing could well this thing could well be a ten one day. And that's how a lot of films are for me. You know, a lot of times I'm a rewatch guy. Not everyone is, but often I appreciate films more the more and more I see them. Um so yeah, right now I'm calling it a nine, potential to rise. God damn it, if you haven't seen this movie, do yourself a favor and watch it because it's fucking incredible. At the time of this recording, it's free on Tubi. Go to Tubi. Yep. Yep. It's and Tubi's free, so fuck you if you're not watching Hatchet. Jared. <laughs> Tell us about Hatchet. Uh, I love this movie. I've seen it more. I've seen it quite a few times. Uh, like y'all said, it's Jason in the Swamp. I love the campiness of Friday 13th. I love that this movie knows exactly where it's at. It, it loves horror. It loves slashers. It loves 80s camp. It, and it knows how to play off of that. Give an homage and picking and fun at the same time. I think it, it hits that line perfect. It doesn't go too over the top to where it's like just making fun of it more than actually giving love to it. You know, I think you can 100% tell that there is so much love for 80 slashers in it. Absolutely. Um, I, I give it a, a 9.5, if not 10, uh, just because I, I love it. I, I love the satiricalness of it. I love the tongue in cheek, but I love how serious it takes at the same time. Um, I really do love this movie. I, I think Adam Green is a great director. I think he's a great guy. I listen to his podcast too. But yeah, I, I, I would give this a 9.5, maybe a 10 on certain days. I would probably put this in my top five, if not top 10 on certain days, you know, horror movies for sure. I, oh, I think it's a great movie. Nice. Damn. Okay, well, that sounds like a 10, Mr. Jared. It might be. Yeah, on certain yeah. days, it, it is for sure. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, hey man. I would not bat an eye at that. No, I, I mean, I would not bat an eye at that. Just because I can, ha- I can put it on and have a fun time. I'm not, right. and that's what, 
you know, yeah. I know there are movies that are made better for sure. Sure. But, but how much fun do I have or much enjoyment do I have watching it? Yeah. And that's, and that's, I, and that's how we rate movies. You know, like yeah. we can analyze a film and say, Oh, well, this is a better film technically, but dude, right. like we, we rate stuff on impact. What kind and of that, impact does this have and longevity and yeah. dude, how much and do that, you love it? You know that's what I mean? When you look at a technical film and you're like, Oh yes, this is so right. Ha, right. Ha, ha. Yeah. But look, man, when a movie comes along like this that has so much love in it, like you're saying, and it's so evident, it's like this is yeah. That's why I say eight eight point five for me with a potential to rise. Ricky, you said nine, right? Yeah, with potential. And Jarek is coming in with a nine point five to a ten. Yeah. So everybody You know out what? There, I'll say nine point seven five just to give it a good in between. There you give go. It that, that it that, that that quarter look, point yeah hell yeah so that'll round it off to i'd say a solid nine solid 9.5 9.25 yeah. look guys gals everybody everyone listening we love you watch hatchet watch hatchet you'll hatchet loves love you god damn victor crowley lives oh so to round off the episode jared what are some of your favorite horror films? And I think you had uh, maybe a question for us. Yeah. Or- uh, yeah. I want to just know y'all's like gun to your head. Top five. Uh, if All I right. had to go, I would go Evil Dead. Original. Suspiria. Original. Hatchet. Uh, I'll throw a wild card and say Mandy. Oh, I love Mandy so much. God and, damn. Uh, Halloween. Ooh, that's a fucking that's a killer list man. for sure. Evil, Evil Dead and Man and uh, Evil Dead and Suspiria stay on there all the time. The other three yeah. switch out, but I've got three like that. Right I've got three like that that just never go anywhere for sure. Well, what are yours? Oh, are you talking to me? Yo, you sure? Okay, yeah, quick. <laughs> you know, I have no time. Gun to your head. Okay, um, Alien, <laughs> The Thing, um, Phantasm. Uh, fuck me. Okay, those are the three that never go anywhere, and this is in no particular order, by the way. Right, right. Um, okay, Army of Darkness. <sighs> fuck me. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're about to get shot if you don't answer, Ricky. It's gone to your head. Oh, don't shoot me, boss. Uh, video drum. Oh, nice one. Nice. All right, Evil Dead, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, Alien, uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. I have a good argument for that one. And, um, probably it's tough. It's like Gremlins, Hellraiser, Child's Play, and Creepshow all float around five. Yeah. Somewhere. Gotta pick one. Creepshow. I didn't expect that. I know, I know, I know, but, but. Stephen King, George Romero, man, and and uh, you're right, Ricky. It's tough, but you know what? Gun to my head, I said Creep Show. So, Evil Dead, Texas Chainsaw, Alien. Uh, what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey. Yeah, 2001: and Creep Show. Yeah, uh, 2001. I've got a good argument for that being a cosmic horror film. I think, but um, totally. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I love that Hatchet's in there, man. Like, I'm glad that we got you for this episode. This has been a total fucking blast. 
and I'm so honored that you've been on the episode. Thank you, Jarek Thibodeau. I appreciate it, yeah. Thank you. Golgothan, Father Rust, look this shit up, and coming out soon, Day Trippers, and you have a solo black metal project called... Oh, Firekeeper, I do. Firekeeper. Uh, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping to record that and release it at some point in the future also. We are going to have updates on all of this, so look forward to that in the future. I've been your swampy-ass motherfucking host, Travis Maxwell Boone. I've been your boy Kaboy Ricky Swamp-ass Prejean. <laughs> and I'm Jarek, so I'm just a special guest, so I don't have anything. But, professional um, <laughs> special guest Jarek Thibodeau the professional guest professional I'm the uh, I'm the I'm the tourist that came to New Orleans for Mardi Gras that just wanted to hang out and with his friends and get really drunk hell yeah yes. and, then I, and then I followed my one dumbass friend that was stupid over a girl <laughs> right right <laughs> and then you're dead you're I died dead. super died and I just wanted to party just wanted to party and ended up super dead with your arms ripped off yeah. in a shitty swimming cemetery that would be how I go I just wanted to party and somebody fucked me up <laughs> embrace the swamp ass Drink some more beers. (laughs) And stay spooky, bitches!